Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Hope uh, you had a great weekend. You know, it was uh, one of those I weekends. I did basically a lot of nothing. A lot of hey. nothing. You know, went for a ride yeah, yesterday. Let me look my, at my agenda here. Went yeah, for a ride yesterday with my uh, lovely lady. We haven't done that in a while. You know, it was a beautiful day here. Sunshine. I mean, yeah. there wasn't a cloud in the sky. It was a little chilly, but it... Uh, you know what's interesting about those days, though? When it's like 50 degrees, 53 degrees out, but the sun is out, and like it's it's still March. People who are they're out in their yard, and they, they're wanting it. They're willing it to be springtime. I saw a guy in his Bermuda shorts mowing his lawn, which, which hadn't really grown in yet. And I'm thinking, well, either he's practicing or he's just willing it. because. And there were a lot of people wearing shorts yesterday. I, yeah, I, well, he wants, he, he's ready. He and, you know, we're more ready now for the spring than we have been because, you know, the original lockdown was bad, then we had the second year of lockdown. There's always been a reason for us to be cooped up. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think, well, we aren't. We weren't made to be cooped up at home in a house. You know? I know. I know. You well, know? hopefully this will be a good year. But I I have uh, my my doubts. There's so much that's hanging in the balance right now. A lot of things yeah, that are very, too. very serious. The the situation in the Ukraine. I saw a picture, and you probably saw it, maybe you didn't. Uh, there's a picture, the Taliban posted a picture of all of the trucks and mm-hmm. equipment that they still have, and it's like acres and acres of stuff. They said they have rooms of stacked cash that we left behind, you know, because we had to pay bills, right? And, uh, I mean, I'm thinking... How could he walk away from this? How could Biden have done this? And we have such short memories, and it's because of our news cycle, don't you think? I mean, we... Yeah, the news cycle forgets everything, but is it purposely done, or is it uh, intentionally, well, let's forget about that, we got to move on, we got to save Hunter, save Hunter, hey, protect Hunter. (laughs) Exactly. You know, it's funny, They, uh, uh, you may have heard about this too, I guess uh, the end of last week, uh, President Trump posted on his own social webpage a picture of mm-hmm. him holding a baseball bat, and he, and he said something along the lines that, you know, if I'm indicted for this phony charge, there could be death. Uh, how did he say it? there could be death and injuries or something like that? And it wasn't said as a threat. I I got it as being um, a, a warning that there are certain things that are beyond his control, you know, mm-hmm. uh, no matter you can, and, I, and the left, over the weekend, they grabbed hold of that, and they're saying, oh, he's inciting riots. He's inciting violence. He's doing things that, uh, that only a criminal should be do- uh, only a criminal would do. And I'm thinking, well, you know, you guys, uh, if you'll remember, you have very short memories. Uh, you had Kathy Griffith holding a severed bloody head of President Trump, right. and the media laughed their their tails off. They thought it was funny as heck. <laughs> What's the big deal? It's only a joke. Yeah, you know? but you know, if you challenge it now, they would say, oh, fake news. They come back, they rewrite history, they mm-hmm. rewrite everything, Yeah, uh, and it's terrible what they're doing. And, you know, I'm of the contention of uh, believing that law, Law, actual mm. law, right, is not an absolute thing. Where did law come from? It was created by man to suit his needs. And when that law doesn't suit my needs, well, I'll change it. So in other words, the rules of the game can change via interpretation. Well, in our country, we have a system in place, supposedly, that um, that that discourages... Uh, casual manipulation of the law, meaning we have a system that generates laws, and it's a it's a it's a process. We have legislature, we debate it back and forth. We either pass it or don't pass it. Then it has to be uh, approved by the executive branch, the president, and that is law. And then, that, uh, and locally, we have the same thing with state legislatures and the governor. So it's a it's a it shouldn't be as casual as being able to manipulate it, but that being said, it happens all the time. Local, well, yeah, because we're assuming that the government is the absolute authority. It's we the people. We the people elect our officers, our president, and whatnot. Even Trump mm-hmm. said, "When I get elected president, 
you know, this is going to happen. But, you know, how, how do you become... Go ahead. You made an interesting point just before the show about about what really happens behind the scenes in this country, in your opinion. And I thought th- th- there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, you were talking about how uh, the District of Columbia was set up and how there's a... And it goes to the deep state, really. It goes to a deep state. And by the way, not a deep state that was started to to uh, develop the country, but a continuing deep state. When when one of them dies off, another one is put into his position. It's like it's amazing how the deep state continues on for for decades, for centuries. You know, and, it's like a family-run yeah. business. Uh, you know, or a corporation. When you think about it now, reading back, it was 1878 when they incorporated uh, the District of Columbia, blah, blah, blah. Well, it was to take three different counties, bring them together to protect uh, a democracy and the United States. It was a re- that, that real estate deal had nothing to do with anything at all. What it was, was the incorporation of the United States, if you so believe, to where it's now a corporation. Uh, we, the people, don't own the, co- uh, the country anymore. It was taken away from us, and we, the people, are now its subjects. We are uh, its rightful slaves. And if, you select, and if you select the wrong person for the presidency, they can overrule you? Yeah, th- that is a show. It is a sham. So, you know... It, it, you run for political office, you're a temporary employee, mm-hmm. and you better make the right decisions that they kind of tell you to do. But you are out there to put on display as a puppet show for the American public who has no clue as to what's really going on because we can't elect officers and uh, whatnot of a corporation. That is done by the stockholders. And the stockholders are the people that sat there and got together they might not have had a pot to do whatever in diddly in, but they, they sat there and they incorporated. So now they own us, and that's all there is to it. Well, I, I'd like to think that, uh, I mean, I'd like to think that you were wrong, but I happen to think that there's some truth to what you're saying because even President Trump talked about, uh, this is toward, uh, I guess this was Friday, Uh, He he made a statement about the deep state. Listen. The stakes of this election could not be more clear. Either we surrender to the demonic forces abolishing and demolishing and happily doing so our country, or we defeat them in a landslide on November 5th, 2024. state destroys America or we destroy the deep state. That's the way it's got to be. We're at a very pivotal point in our country. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said it was Friday. That was from the Waco rally. I, I picked these things. You'd think I'd know these things, but it's uh, it's Monday and you know, I'm just getting back into the swing of things. But that that was at the rally and the crowd, they were right along with them. Yeah, and you know, the, my little revelation, he and I are on the same page on that because he had, that revelation of mine came last week, pretty much came Friday. You know, I was at the doctor's office, you know, mm-hmm. I had a little thing going on that I have to tend to. And I'm sitting there on all the medications and no, I wasn't drugged up. But, you know, I was, you know <laughs> when you had time to think, right? You, you know, you start going through everything going, oh, wait a minute, what? You know, you start questioning everything. And he's right. We gotta, we've got to win by a landslide. But that in itself is not going to be enough. No. Well, you could sit there and know every voting citizen out there. Nope. And You're let's right. just say 100% of the people voted for him. Let's just say that. Well, I'm not, I don't believe that would happen, but let's just say that. You know, it, we're still, it's a corporation. They'll just go, nah, how no, do you, Lloyd. like he says, how do you get? 75 million votes, the most votes for any incumbent president in the history of our country, and then lose to a guy who never leaves his basement? Well, that's a good question. Okay, you know, what is the population of America? You've got 75 million people that vote for him. And let's say win the election. 
Well, they're at the left. They go, no, 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 no. Bill, and he couldn't fill that. up a parking lot with, with painted circles. Biden. I know that. I, I, I <laughs> drove right by some of those things. I know. I know. But I'm just saying, you know, you, you, take, uh, you take the losing hand and you take the sum total of the people that don't pay attention to the mm. process. And those people are key, and the Democrats know that. And those people are key, so if they're not going to vote, at least let, they want to convince them that the Democrats are on the right track. You know, the every- Democrats are not racist. The Democrats are the ones that have always kept the back of the American population. You know, we're told um, the, the election wasn't fixed, that we're conspiracy theorists, we're election deniers. That's a great term. And they, they throw these invented terms at you like uh, like they're swear words, you know, that they're really, oh, you're an election denier. Oh, my God, is he from the same planet we're from? Um, mm-hmm. But the thing is, it's so easy to to see if you just take a moment to step back. I mean, uh, they said the machines weren't connected to the Internet. There's a story on the uh, on the uh, social where was it uh, Gateway Pundit today? Uh, right. There's a story about uh, if I can find it. Don't go away. I'm searching right now. Is a uh, smoke them if you got them. There's a story of a man named Brady. <laughs> no, 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 no. Stop the singing. Stop. I'll I'll say anything. Um, there's a, I give. I give. <laughs> exactly. Um, there is. Oh, here it is. Another election system provider, and I'm not going to say the name because I don't want to be sued, uh, connects to the Internet, not certified, not audited, across numerous states. So they said, oh, gosh, uh, the systems were never connected to the Internet. They were independent. They were protected. They were secure. And they're still finding equipment that was connected to the Internet. Now you're saying, well, how important is that? Isn't that, the be- isn't that the best thing? So if it's connected to the Internet, they can retrieve the results faster and get a total faster. But you can also manipulate them when they're connected to the Internet. If, yes. a computer is, if a computer is connected to the Internet, you can easily have a guy go in and hack it. And if a guy has uh, 10 votes, you can make that 10,000 votes with a snap of a finger, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, they haven't cleaned up all their... Uh, all their uh, all, all, all the dirty work out there, the, the 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 trail, I guess, to the, you know, to the the steel. But you know what amazes me, Bill? I'll just what? how dignified, for the most part, Trump has been throughout the throughout the process. If someone so obviously stole it from, like me, I'd be screaming now. I, I'm I'm amazed that he was able to step back the way he did with dignity. And uh, pack up his stuff and leave Washington. They're they're criticizing Trump right and left. The left is, but when you look at him, he didn't do mm-hmm. anything to sully the office or to to knock it down. But he 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 doubted the the uh, legitimacy of the election process, which every American has the right to do, or at least we could until twenty twenty. You know, well, it's it's you know it was going on in 2016 too, but they just didn't have it perfected. Uh, they've got it now, and uh, the president of the corporation, George Soros, is going to make sure that uh, they have everything to keep it in check. Actually, it probably was they probably were doing it back in 1960, 1950, oh, I, I mean, look, this corporation obviously has been in existence for. More than I, uh, yeah. More years than I've lived. Yep, and uh, they, right now, don't want to hear someone with the popularity of a Trump say we're going to tear down and rip apart the deep state, which is what he did. And you heard the crowd. By the way, they did a reverse shot from uh, behind the stage, looking out of the crowd. It's on the internet somewhere. You can see it, and they pan from left to right. There had to be 50,000, 60,000 people in, in that airport. Oh, I yeah. mean, it was amazing. And that's after Mary Trump, you know, his uh, nasty little niece mm-hmm. who doesn't like him and wants to tear him down. 
Um, she tried to get a campaign going where people would book uh, seats for the the rally, and she was hoping to get like a million and a half people to get seats and then not go, so there would be, there would be nobody there. But what she didn't realize was that the rally was being held in an airport and on a runway where if no one showed up, someone just moved forward and took that seat. So, uh, and like I said, there was easily 50,000 people at that airport. Yeah. You'll never hear that from the media. No, you won't. And you'll hear the media going, well, you know, it's got to be bad. You know, he's got a family member that is saying all these nasty things about him. Gee, you know, I, I, I'm a not a bad story. guy. I'm not the greatest guy in the world, but I got one of those too. Well, there's you know, a, I got there, a couple of them. Yeah, but there's a backstory there too. Apparently, she's the daughter of uh, one of the brothers who uh, didn't get involved with some of the investments in the family and lost out on a lot of well, the. Whose uh, fault is that? Well, that's just it. Well, people hold a grudge. They, you know, jealousy and envy are are very strong things. It's um, and like. And every family has it, Bill. Every family has that. Um, I think that this is going to be a defining week, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Uh, Bragg is meeting with his grand jury uh, today, and mm-hmm. I guess they could, I guess technically they could have an indictment today, but everybody that I heard over the weekend talking, every law uh, expert was saying, He's got nothing here, and if he's smart, he's going to drop this like a hot potato. Even President Trump did a post yesterday saying it looks like Bragg is dropping the uh, the witch hunt. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, nothing from uh, Bragg's office as of this show, but it's still early yet. Anything could happen. Oh, yeah. Don't be surprised if something doesn't come out of the woodwork. You know, well, we have somebody with insider information and oh, this and all that. Well, they threw all of their eggs into the Michael Cohen basket. And what's happened is it's been proven that Michael Cohen is a unabashed uh, liar. And uh, now normally you wouldn't put any credence in the word of a liar unless, of course, he was running for president on the left. And then, of course, you'd vote him into office. But that's another story for another time. Um, I, I have, uh, I have my doubts as to whether they're just going to drop this because this, yeah, yeah. As far as evidence goes, there shouldn't be a charge. As far as the law goes, there shouldn't be a charge. But there, some of these guys are beyond that. You know, let's if you promised your your principal investor, and meaning uh, George Soros or somebody, if you promised that um, you were going to do something, you better do it, or you're going to lose that uh, that investor. You know, and um, George More than Soros, just the investor, that's for sure. George Soros was the backer of uh, of uh, this guy Alvin Bragg, so uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, other things happening this week that nobody's talking about. Uh, now Turkey has come out and said that they are backing the Chinese brokered uh, plan to uh, have a, a deal between Russia and the Ukraine. China has offered to broker a deal, a peace deal, between uh, the Russians and the Ukrainians. And Turkey said, yeah. Not to, now, why is that important, you may ask? Well, Turkey is a member of NATO, you know. And yep. all, Turkey's kind of breaking away from the other NATO company, uh, countries. The other NATO countries are out there saying, you know, we shouldn't do this. We should stand firm. We should uh, keep giving them all the equipment they need to fight the war. The United States says we're not, in, we're not inclined to go along with a ceasefire. And all of a sudden, out of left field comes Turkey, a NATO member, and they say, well, we're, we do back the Chinese uh, uh, peace plan. And... Uh, Hopefully, it'll bring some sort of resolution. So, you know, I see a crack in the armor of, of NATO, and this at the beginning. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I, I've never been a big proponent of NATO. I mean, could this be the beginning of the end for NATO? And if it is, um, what was NATO supposed to do? Well, that, I was just going to say that NATO was designed during the Cold War 
It was the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. And it was supposed to be a pack of nations, a group of nations, to fend off the Red, uh, the Russians, the Soviet Union. Not the Russians as we see today, but the Soviet, the communists in Russia. And uh, that problem is behind us. So, but they, they, they can't let go of the Russian bear. Some people, they just can't give up the fact that maybe Russia is a different country today. Now, listen, again, I'm not a fan of Putin. I think Putin, uh, I think he has got a lot of faults. But I think that the guy in the Ukraine uh, has a lot of faults, too. And, and it's like you have two bad choices, and we've thrown our lot in with a choice. We shouldn't be involved with this, folks. We, shouldn't, we should not be involved. Yes, I said this on Friday. We should be shipping them bandages, medicines, maybe hospital equipment, doing things to help them uh, get back on their feet. Maybe if they have a ceasefire, helping go in and, and clean up the country and, and, and make things right. But as far as sending them weapons of destruction to encourage more war, I think we're way out of place here. Yeah. Now, one of the problems I have, have with is we get involved in these wars, and then we go in, and we're the guys that go clean it all up and fix it. And, yeah, we create jobs for ourselves, but you and I pay for it. We shouldn't have to pay for this bad that is in their country that, yeah. that well— I say that, but we, we've been kind of bolstering this war. But once again, you know, in a war, you go in, you break things, you blow things up, you get it done, you have an objective once it's done. All right, we're done here. You know, don't ever let this happen again. You know, we'll give you some humanitarian aid, but that's it. We shouldn't have to go and fix everything for everybody and let our people suffer and bridges collapse and you know, trains go off tracks. What did Trump not do in his uh, presidency? He did not go to war. He no, did he not didn't. start a war. Now, let's think about, go back to the deep state. We were talking about the deep state before. Right. If you believe there's a deep state really running this country, and it goes back decades, think of all the wars we've been involved with since World War II. Korea. A big and, and every time there's a war, it, this is a sad reality, friends. But people make money on war. Companies, some companies, they they may be in dire straits before a war, and then they they uh, ramp up for a war, and all of a sudden they're back in the uh, in the black again. They're making a lot of money, and that's what happened during World War II. Some of the car companies were having terrible uh, terrible times just before the war, and the war came along, and suddenly they were making tanks and airplanes and bullets and helmets, and all they were making money. And that's what mm. happens in a war. Then when World War II ended, we had the Korean War, another war, and we were back into the prosperity. And when that thing ended, well, there was a moment, a little moment of peace, not very long because Dwight Eisenhower thought it was a good idea to send... Uh, some troops over to a place called Vietnam so they could police. It was called a police action. Yeah, the police action. They yeah. never called it a war. It was uh, really a war. And they were supposed to be looking over the shoulders of the South Vietnamese, giving them advice. Suddenly, we were holding the guns. We were doing the fighting, and they, was, they were behind us. And that's how it was for like seven years, eight years. And what no, was our ten objective? Years. We, they told the American people we were trying to root communism from, from Southeast Asia. Why was that our job? Why well, did we have to lose our, and believe me, nobody was more of a hawk back in the early 60s as a kid. Uh, I believe that what they were telling us on the radio was the right thing because all we got were three networks and PBS, you know, and that's, that was it. So they had control of the, of the story, and it wasn't until Walter Cronkite in like 1967 started to have his doubts about the Vietnam War and speak them openly 
that the, the country started to change. You know, that's when we started to have and demonstrations. that's the way it is. Yeah, when Uncle Wally... That was a jab. Yeah. And, um, you know, so after the Viet- Vietnam War, there was a momentary pause and silence, and suddenly we were talking about this country called Iraq. Mm-hmm. You know, Iraq. All of a sudden, Iraq was an issue. George Herbert Walker Bush thought it was a good idea to get involved with uh, the first Iraq War in 19, what, 93? Yeah, it was. And suddenly we were bombing the living daylights out of Baghdad, and we were sending in thousands of troops and tanks. Yep. And we had Kuwait uh, down there, the oil, and then they, they set ablaze all the, uh, the wells. And then that died down, but Saddam was still alive, and we couldn't have that. So his son became president, and back it went. You know, they, they had the World Trade Center attack, which was terrible. And there's a lot of people who talk about that, too, but that's a story, a, a talk for another time. But President Bush II, uh, he, he felt it was a good time to go back into Iraq and finish the job. He tied the two together. He tied the World Trade Center attack to Iraq, and suddenly they were saying, we're going to go back, and we're going to get him, we're going to finish the job, and people were applauding, even even when he was at the bullhorn at the World Trade Center site, and suddenly we're back in Iraq. We're back in Iraq, and we're having our troops get killed again, and we're... Yeah. For what? For Weapons of mass destruction. And, and people were saying, I can remember to this day, Bill, supposedly the head of the Air Force in Saddam's army had been captured, and he had told us that he had visual proof that there were uh, nuclear weapons of mass destruction being shipped to Syria. You know, he, so he was, he was certain that there were me- weapons of mass destruction. So it gave our administration the go, the go sign, the approval to continue the attack. I mean, um, if what he was saying was true and not just a ruse to get us to, it wasn't true. Apparently, apparently, yeah. it was, it was a, uh, something being used to, uh, to, to, to justify our being there. And then, of course, we had Afghanistan. Heck, we had Afghanistan for a while while we were in Iraq. We were fighting on two fronts for a while. They were making a ton of money. Yeah, you know, it's funny because you look at uh, Afghanistan. And all the wars going way, way, way back in history. Big, powerful, mighty countries that took them on. Mm. And not a single damn one ever won. They all left with their tail between their legs. We left with our tail between our legs. Russia Russia left with their tail between their legs. Yeah. Britain left with their tail between their legs. Do I need to go on? It's just... Oh, I know. That's true. Well, it, it, that, look at Afghanistan. What is there in Afghanistan? Nothing. Well, that was, that's my point. You know, you talk about the World Trade Center. Mm. I mean, we are built up of big assets, buildings that are just, you know, colossal in size. They hold a lot of people. They cost us hundreds of millions, billions, trillions of dollars. It doesn't take much to put us on our knees financially. One building, and we are in trouble. Afghanistan, we got mountains with holes in the ground that have caves that interconnect them. They can run back and forth. You can't get a helicopter inside of there. You can't get our troops inside of there. You you know those uh, those bunker buster bombs oh, that sure. they made that could go, you know, 50 feet inside? Do, do you remember the, uh, they had video, I think Geraldo was there describing it. They were going to drop a bunker buster bomb into a cave in Afghanistan while they were sure Saddam, not Saddam, uh, uh, what's his name, Ben Laden, was in the cave. They were sure he was there. They had witnesses who said they had seen Ben Laden in this cave, so they were going to drop bunker buster bombs in that cave. This is in Afghanistan. Well, they bombed the living daylights out of that cave. I mean, they made that hole even bigger. And of no. course, and of course, he wasn't there. He was, you know, the, he wouldn't be taken out supposedly for another, what, ten years. Anyway, yeah. uh, and again, we don't know. We never know 
whether nowadays the story is true about anything. That's the sad part about it is when I was a young kid, if they said, you know, we were attacked on December 7th, 1941 by the Japanese, it was a sneak attack. We all believed it as being the truth because our country wouldn't lie to us. Nobody would lie to us. I mean, we were, we were proud and trusting of the people who were in government. But now, and I say this as an older senior citizen looking back, uh, there's a lot to be questioned about everything. Yeah, about everything. Is. I mean, um, being a student of history, I mean, you say of everything. There's, there's some people who doubt uh, even the assassination of Lincoln as being honest. There's some, uh, there's some thought that maybe John Wilkes Booth wasn't in that barn when they set it on fire, you know, uh, that maybe he might have gotten away. Uh, one of the eyewitnesses at the autopsy had said, that's not John Wilkes Booth. I know John Wilkes Booth. He has dark hair. That guy has got reddish hair. But nobody talks about that because in our country, what they love to do, they love to do this. They love to close the book on anything that might be terrorist, you know, a terrorist attack. Well, we, we got this guy and that's it. Close the book. Let's move on. Don't question it anymore. That's how, that's how we work in our country. Yeah. We like to tie things up in little neat little bows quickly so that there's no great discussion, so people don't have a chance to really think about what's going on. Yeah, but sometimes they tie things up so tight and quickly, and you see what's going on, even media, you know, sit there and they, they, they step back and they go, wait a minute, you know, like it's happened to media people. And they go, you know what, maybe we just ought to leave this alone. You know, case in point, uh, the uh, tentacles of the octopus, the guy that was down in West Virginia that was on a story about that going to the Iran-Contra thing and all the aspects of it, called his wife that night and said, honey, tell the kids I'll be home tomorrow. I'm wrapping this story up. Everything is great. Went to bed. You know, next morning she gets a call. He's dead. He committed suicide. And the coroner came in and sat there and ordered the body to be taken up. And it was, I think, what, cremated or something before they could ever do an autopsy. You know, there's a TV program, which yeah. I think I mentioned last week, called The Night Agent. It just came out a couple yeah. of days ago. It's on Netflix. And I don't know whether you've had a chance to see it or not. Uh, but uh, it, it kind of is life imitating art. Um, I mean, art imitating life, rather. It, it is uh, scary to think that we might have people in our government to do nefarious things that... Uh, really aren't terribly lawful, but uh, they do them anyway to yeah. tie things up for certain people so th certain things don't happen. I mean, everything isn't uh, above board, so to speak. No. And, uh, and that, you know, that gets back to, you know, are, you know, are we really the United States government or are we something different than we, uh, we propose to be? And that goes for Great Britain, too. They did the same damn thing. Oh, I know. I know, you know, you know, are we, some people have said we're the terrorists in the world. And that, I, I have my doubts about that. I mean, the real terrorists, in my opinion, are ISIS and uh, organizations like that, you know. But uh, we, we shouldn't be involved in a lot of these things. We shouldn't be adding our two cents everywhere around the world. If, if we were really concerned about uh, making our country strong again, like I think President Trump is, we would be concerned with fortifying our military in our country, about making our defensive system the best in the world so that if you ever did anything to us, we would be able to protect us. Yeah. You, you got a point, Bill? I don't well, yeah, I was going to make yeah. a point. I mean, just on, on that note right there, mm -hmm. uh, we're talking about... Um, if we are a corporation, we are under bad management yeah. uh, because we are not taking care of the safety and uh, the, the well-being of our country. Right now, there's a story out there from ball bearings to rockets and everything in between all the parts, everything to keep our fighting machine going. We don't have it. We cannot go to war with China without losing our butts. 
well, we don't have, you're right, we don't have the ammunition anymore. The ball bearings, you said, is we are so depleted because of our involvement in these other little wars. I mean, you cannot be affected uh, when you leave $89 billion worth of equipment behind. It can't. So whose mistake is it? Oh, it's not. A, it had to be intentional. You know, President Trump said, if I had been president, I would have gotten everything out before I moved the troops. I would have yeah. gotten all that equipment out of there. But we've given up, you know, our, our we don't produce oil anymore. You know, our electrical grid is bad. Uh, yeah, they make shells for the uh, the cannons, the old World War II type cannons that they have in Afghanistan. They make those right here uh, just up the road in uh, Scranton. But they cannot make the, the amount that they need. And uh, you're going to need more than artillery shells to uh, take on or take out the Navy of um, China. And if we don't have the rockets, if we don't have the parts to maintain our ships, if we don't have the fuel, which China now, they get the fuel cheaper than we do because we gave it all up. Thank you, Joe. You did a great job <laughs> there. Who told yeah. you to do that, Joe? Because yeah. either you're a dumb boss or your boss is a It idiot. was intentional. You can't do that without it being intentional. I mean, someone had to say, Mr. President, uh, we don't need to take that equipment back. Let's just uh, get the troops out of there and go. You know, wait yeah, a second. We left human life too. Oh, we left a lot of human life to That's this day. The biggest there. asset we got are, is human life. Yeah. No matter what, bar, bar none. Uh, and, and you know what's amazing? How quickly we forget. How quickly we forget. And we do that because the news media moves on quickly to some other breaking news story and then another breaking news story. And f- before long, you look back and the Afghan war is all, it's, it's history. It's it's ancient history. That was what a year and a half ago. That that's not the thing to worry about right now. We got to worry about the Ukraine. Yeah, but the the hardware is still there. The money's still there. So we're just leaving it there to come back and bite us. You know, in the if tuchus. I were president, I would say do it. I'd say to the Taliban, look it. Here's the story. You're gonna you're gonna step away from that equipment. We're gonna send in our guys to remove our equipment from your country, you're going to leave everything alone. You know, President Trump did this. Remember what he said? He was talking mm-hmm. to one of his, uh, uh, he was talking to someone in Afghanistan and the Taliban, and he was ta- he, he's trying to negotiate with the guy. And then President Trump started to talk about, well, you, you, I know where you live, and we know that you have this on your front lawn. And he started, started to describe the guy's house where his family was, he didn't say he would do anything, but he got the he got the message. The guy got the message, and he backed off. That's what we should be able to do right now. We should be able to say at this point in, in history, a year and a half later, say, look, at, we left our equipment back there, but we want it. Yeah, and we want it right now. Yeah. Or we're gonna bl- we're gonna blast you. To, you can have all the cannons, all the air, all the helicopters in the world, but. You haven't got the missiles we got, and we're going to just, I mean, that's what. Well, what we need to do is a news blackout. But, you know, we got so many people that want to make themselves famous by leaking a story. Yeah. But we need to just go ahead and amass an armada and head it over that way. And, you know, air, foot, ships. Yeah. Get it over there. Go in and take our hardware. But now the question comes, it's been there over a year and a half, so we abandoned it. So it really... Is it really ours anymore? Or did we just yeah. give it away to everyone? It was it? long-term parking. <laughs> hey, look at. I mean, people might say, "Well, would you really want it back now? They've had their hands on it. They could have uh, sabotaged it." Yeah, I want it back. Even if we did nothing more than scrap it and melt it down and use it yeah. again, I make want it new, back. Make new weapons. Exactly right. I want it all back. You don't give it. That's aid and comfort to the enemy. You know, you don't just leave it there. Like Biden did. I mean, my God. And and I, I got to think to myself, he was advised by, by generals and admirals in the Pentagon that this was a good idea? Yeah, I wonder who the names were of those people. Well, we could get them online, I'm sure, real quick. But yeah. what, what are we going to do about them? I know. I know. Um, I wanted to point out that uh, I have another piece of audio. I don't want to forget about this from the uh, rally in Waco 
where right. President Trump was on a roll. I had to, I had to add a little, uh, a little beep in one of his words because we're oh, more of a. Fa- no. He didn't use. Yeah, a he. Word. We're, we're in more. Of, we're a family-friendly show. You know, we're on all times of the day, but uh, we have people, moms driving around with kids in their car, listening to our show, and we don't want to offend anybody. So uh, I had to break out the old censor buzzer at one point. But you'll. He was on a roll. What is this, like, number 93, I think, right? Number 93. Oh, they go, no, actually more. But we appreciate it. 101, front row Joe, 101, all the Joes. But the Supreme Court is afraid, just like Republicans are afraid, to do something about what has happened, and they have to fight. The Supreme Court didn't have the courage to right the wrong of the 2020 election. They knew what was going on. Tax returns were always considered sacred. Lawyers, in their own way, if you can believe this, were considered sacred. Today, lawyers go before grand juries all over this place if they happen to be lawyers representing Republicans, and they treat lawyers like they're criminals. It used to be if you had a lawyer, the lawyer was somebody that was very much considered from the standpoint of what we're talking about above reproach. Now they get thrown in with everybody else, and it's a very unusual situation that's taking place. And again, legal scholars can't believe what they're witnessing. And yet after going over 11 million pages of documents, I built a great company. They've got nothing. They've got nothing. Think of it. 11 million pages. And my tax returns on top of it, and they're a big return. It probably makes me the most innocent man in the history of our country. Friends of mine say that. Very successful friend of mine said, you know what? President, on page three, they got me. We got 11 million pages we gave over to various groups, including Congress. The new weapon being used by out-of-control, unhinged Democrats to cheat on election is criminally investigating a candidate, bad publicity and all. You get bad publicity. It's the craziest thing. I got bad publicity and my poll numbers have gone through the roof. Would you explain this to me? Explain that to me, Dan, Mr. Congressman. You got to explain it to me because nobody else has ever heard of it. But you know what? It gets so much publicity that the case actually gets adjudicated in the press. And people see it's bullshit. And they go and they say, it's unfair. But it takes place by the Department of Injustice and their local henchmen at the AG and DA's offices throughout the country. They, you know, they use the local offices like in New York City, like in Atlanta, like in Chicago and Los Angeles. They make lives miserable, destroy their families and friends, even though they know these people are innocent. In many cases, they're patriots. They're not guilty of anything, and yet they have to go through hell. And if you're running for office, even Dan, but I don't think they'd ever go after him. But we have some great congressmen that probably they wouldn't go after because they're too clean. They're the cleanest people I've ever met. They come from Texas. They have to be clean. But let's say they're not that well-known. They're doing a good job, and an investigation has started into one of these many great people. They're going to lose their race. They're going to lose their race. And they do it all the time. They're using investigations now instead of because it's harder for them to stuff the ballot boxes, of which they stuff plenty. You know, uh, Marjorie is here, truth to vote. And they found at least five million instances on tape. And the courts didn't want to even look at it. Kind of an interesting uh interesting rally he came in there and they had a picture of him coming out of a, a limo i guess he was going to his airplane that get, must have been in florida on his way to the rally and he had this look of determination on his face that i've never seen before i'm sure he's had it privately with his friends and stuff but he looked serious and he also looked oh, he, is. he also looked in better shape by the way than he looked in a long time he looked thinner and uh he looked like he was ready for the challenge uh, interesting thing that came out today. Apparently, the donors to Ron DeSantis's uh, campaign or possible campaign reportedly have recommended that he sit this one out, that he not run. 
Uh, I guess they figure, well, they look at all the polls, they look where everything is going, and they look at the momentum behind Trump, and they probably figure, yeah, it's not, maybe not a good investment to be throwing millions of dollars into the campaign of, uh, of Ron DeSantis when he's probably not going to win. See, he, he, it says in the article that DeSantis, over the last couple of weeks, has alienated a lot of uh, yeah, the yes. people who would have voted for him because of how he had waited, for example, to get uh, to make a comment about this attack in New York on President Trump. And then he came out and made a comment like he wouldn't be uh, interested in being the vice president. He's more of an executive guy. Remember that? Yeah, that's kind of an egotistical thing there. He's a young man. So, you know what, finish paying your dues and work your way up. And I don't know what's going to happen between now and 2024. Trump's got a target on his back. You know, and uh, again, my saying that law is not absolute, you know, he's talking about attorneys now, you know, they can be turned on you because there's this piece of paper that has been introduced called a waiver of attorney-client Yeah, isn't that amazing? They, They have you sign that and then you're exonerated. Yeah, you know now they can come after you, and and you know judge can sit there and say, "Well, we're going to give you a waiver, so here you go. You have to testify now." And yeah, well, somebody once told me when I was uh, in court, they said, "Don't worry about all the evidence, and don't worry about what what you say or what they say. It's theater. It's theater of the court. It's a living, breathing theater." And I mean, uh. what do you mean by that? He goes, "You know, depending on how you act and how you play your role." That's the way the script goes. <clears throat> yeah, it's don't, don't worry about the facts or the real evidence. No, that's not Screw important. The facts. Yeah, that's right. We want to see you up there. If it's a good performance, you got it. You know, um, you see where Project Veritas head, uh, former Project Veritas head James O'Keefe, is suggesting he has insiders on the grand jury reportedly uh, considering indicting former President Donald Trump. In, he's saying this openly that he has insiders on the grand jury. Yeah. Wouldn't that be considered jury tampering? I mean, uh, absolutely. But again, you know, you know, law tends to change. You know, for who uh, you know who they choose it to change for. I mean, I know the guy's trying to get back into uh, the arena of relevance. You know, because he's been essentially separated from Project Veritas. But I don't know whether it was a smart thing to say, hey, I got, I got some insiders in the grand jury. Whoa. No, that's, that's, uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Also, um, on a different, slightly different topic, but I thought this was interesting, Bill. Uh, Elise Stefanik, she's a representative from upstate New York. She announced that uh, following her advocacy, uh, the D-O-D-E-A-D-E-I, the government loves initials, Department of Defense Education Administration uh, Chief. The, it's the, believe it or not, this lady was in charge of the military schools around the world, okay? She was the one who uh, made the, defined the curriculum, uh, picked the books that would be in the military schools that would be teaching the the little children of our What's service, that, service that people. I'm, I'm actually going to make a phone call it's on that one. What? The DODEA, Department of Defense Educational Administration, DEI, okay? She was the uh-huh. Director of uh, Educational Instruction, I guess. Chief, uh, her name is Calissa Wing. Calissa uh-huh. uh, Wing, she's been removed from her position in the military children's schools after using her position to promote her woke ideologies. You got to oh, hear boy. this. This is between uh, Elise Stefanik and Gilbert Cisneros, the Undersecretary of the Department of Defense. He was being grilled by her last week, uh, the end of last week, and uh, she was having none of his nonsense. Listen. So yield five minutes to Representative Stefanik. Thank you, Chairman Banks. Mr. Cisneros, are you familiar with the tweet? It's both on the screens, it should be up there, and right behind me by the former DODIA Chief of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, Kalisa Wing. Are you familiar with the tweet? Can you please read the tweet aloud? So exhausted at the white folks in these PD sessions, uh, this lady actually had the audacity to say black people can be racist too. I had to stop the session and give Karen the business. We are not the majority. We don't have power. 
thread YS for assistance. And again, for the viewers who are watching this, this is the former chief of DEI for DODIA, for schools in our Department of Defense. This is wildly inappropriate and unacceptable. Would you agree with that, Mr. Cisneros? I do agree that that is uh, not acceptable. Uh, it's not condoned by, it's not something I would condone, and it's not condoned by DODIA or the uh, Department of Defense. Well, when I raised this issue, in fact, I wrote a letter to the Department of September of last year and did not receive a response. It was only when I wrote a follow-up letter on November of last year, we did finally get a response on, in December stating the department was conducting an inquiry into this matter. Today, six months after that initial inquiry, you responded three hours prior to this hearing, which is a trend for Biden administration officials at the last minute scrambling before these hearings, claiming that you determined Ms. Wing was speaking, quote, in a personal capacity and that her colleagues never heard her made similar comments at work. However, interestingly, in the letter, which I want to submit for the record, it also states that she has been transferred as part of headquarters restructuring. She was reassigned to another position that does not include diversity, equity, and inclusion specific responsibilities. I have a feeling that has to do with the fact that we have shined light on this. But my question for you is, will you commit to making the review and the findings publicly available to Congress and to service members? Uh, Ma'am, you did get the uh, letter today. Uh, I apologize that it did not come sooner, but I will say also uh, my team has, has been down here, uh, the Dudia uh, team as well, to to talk with staff on this topic. No, uh, there was the no director, response to the letter. We the were promised 30 of, days. Uh, 30 days schools, after September would be October. The director of schools, Tom Brady, was down on a hill to talk with staff as Don't well. Don't cover up for the trend of the Biden administration. This is the second hearing in two weeks where the response to a letter delayed is given the day of or the day before the hearing with FBI Director Chris Way. My question for you is will you make the findings of this review publicly available to Congress and to servicemen and women? You know, Ms. Ms. Wing is a, is a GS employee. Um, she's not a senior executive. Uh, there are personal restrictions. There are restrictions that we are have to follow, uh, but we will look into the matter as far as uh, to see what can be what can be shared and what can't. Well, we're requesting that. Uh, my next question for you is: Have you read Kalisa Wing's books titled "What Is White Privilege? What Does It Mean to Defund the Police? What Is the Black Lives Matter Movement?" Have you read those books? I have not read those books. Are you aware, however, that those books are in Dodia K through 12 schools throughout? the country? I do not know. Uh, I can't say with certainty. I do not know that they are in those libraries at all or, or if they have been or if they are now. Well, they are. Do you think that's, that's appropriate? I don't know for a fact that they are. They are. I'm telling you they are. That's why I asked you the question. You should know. You're a DOD official. I'm informing you. You should know the answer that they are available. Well, I, I and one reason you should know that is because in her own presentation as a DOD employee at a DODIA summit, she stated, quote, my passion work is dismantling disparate discipline systems, and I am hugely passionate about dismantling the school-to-prison pipeline. I've written a book, Promises and Possibilities, Dismantling the School-to-Prison Pipeline. Shameless plug. That's her words, end quote. So while conducting her official duties as a DODIA employee, she advertised not only her personal social media accounts, which included this tweet, her personal websites, but she advertised her personal books. Are you aware that this is illegal for DOD employees to advertise and promote their personal books that they will profit off of those sales? I, again, this was a book that she wrote in personal matter. It was on her personal tweet, I guess, from what I understand. No, no, it wasn't on a personal tweet. Saying. It was at a DOD summit. In her capacity presenting as a DOD official, she promoted her book. And in fact, she said, she stated, this is a shameless plug for her book. Is that illegal? And is that appropriate? I don't know who she was talking to or what the summer was. I'm not aware with that, but I can look into it and I'll get back to you. But you seem to not know a lot of what's happening in the department. You seem to be inappropriate. Uh, so my expectation is that we'll continue educating you on what's happening in the Biden administration Department of Defense, but this is absolutely uh, unacceptable. We expect that report, and I will take it as a result that we delivered, making sure that she should have been fired completely, but she was at least moved somewhere else, not dealing with our kids' educational systems. Well, there are restrictions that, again, she's a GS employee. She's not a senior executive. Uh, the, the inquiry did find that, uh, you know, these 
the tweets that she made or comments that she made were not in line with the Department of Defense or the DIA schools, uh, but they were made on a personal basis. Uh, th that was the result of the inquiry. And we will look into the privacy that's in there and, and we will share, uh, we will look into what we can share and what we can't share. I'll yield back to the chair. You know, what that says to me, it, it just fortifies what I have believed in since I've been paying attention, <laughs> which has been a while, uh, is that the Biden administration has filled all these positions in its administration with activists. I mean, look at look at the clown they, they put into the position uh, of, was it Ener under energy secretary? The Sam, yeah. what's his name? The guy who dressed up in the scarlet dresses and the high heels. And, and he was... Does he have a book out yet? No, but I'm sure that's coming along. He'll probably be doing that yeah. one from prison because he was... He was uh, confiscating people's luggage. At, yeah, he uh, should have been writing a book, you know, because they have so much time in their hand. These people that get these positions. Well, if can you imagine? She called, had no problem saying the caudacity. She it was a derogatory uh, remark. Caudacity, C A U, Caucasian. It was a negative, derogatory, racist remark. And what she was doing is she was complaining that uh, some people ha were saying that there could be racist on the minority side, too. Minorities could have racist, too. Every, every nationality can have racist in it, of course, you know. But she, she would have nothing, none of that. No, no, no. The caudacity that so-and-so would say that there were, ra there were racist in the minority sector. Come on, lady. You know, this is not a one-sided thing. There are racists everywhere. There are bad people everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, um, I thought that was interesting. Elise Stefanik did a great job, I think, uh, uh, questioning, cross-examining cross this, uh, this guy. This is, this is an example of how important winning elections are because yeah. up until the last election, Bill, our side was sitting on the sidelines twiddling their fingers. Well, you know, I have a problem with the fact that uh, she has time to, to write these books and do all this personal stuff and spew her own personal agenda on my clock, on my dollar, and I don't agree with that. But they all do it. I go into a bookstore, and it seems that every leftist person has got a book there on the stand, and I don't think if I sat there and questioned every single one of them lined them up and took their book and highlighted something, well, on page uh, 342, you said, they'd probably go, well, I, I, and, you know, there's so many pages, I'd, I, I, I don't recall it right off the bat. Yeah. Because you didn't write the damn thing. Yeah. It was written for you, and you got, that's a way that they filtered money to them. And then you do have these activists that have kind of written some stuff, and somebody polished it up, and they put that book out there, and she is sitting there profiting from the office. Is that what government is about? Right now, yes. You know, by the way, President Trump made a statement at Waco, which I thought was terrific. <clears throat> He's pushing for term limits for for representatives and for senators. He's pushing for that. That's one of his major goals in his next four years in office, which I think is a great idea. Get you rid know, of these. He, uh... Get rid of these guys who spend their entire lives, like Joe Biden, uh, sucking on the teat of government, and that's what they've been doing. That Biden has been a senator since he was 29 years old. You're saying, how could he do that? He couldn't be a senator till he was 30. Well, he won when he was 29. He was sworn in when he was 30. And that's, that's how long he's been in government. He is, uh, um, does he know the system? Oh, yeah. Is he part of the deep state? Well, that's to be proven. But, boy, looking at, looking at it from the distance... From the sideline. Talks like, talks like, quacks yeah. like. It's got to be. Yep, yeah. yeah, exactly. Just so, don't step behind it, you know, without looking down first. <laughs> exactly. Well, we've just about done it. You got anything you want to add? Any any uh, things of interest before we wrap this one up? You heard Bernie Sanders uh, mention that uh, he says he, no one should be a billionaire. Do you believe that? He says the reason, his reason for those thoughts are they're both economically and morally wrong to have uh, – so few people in control of all the wealth. Well, you know, there was a time when Bernie would tell you that nobody should be a millionaire, but then he became a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, so he's not a billionaire yet. I yeah. mean, there is some truth to what he's saying, but, you know, 
where do you draw the limit? And, you know, doesn't that kind of take away from, you know, uh, what America is all about? When I went on my honeymoon, we went, went to Bermuda. You know, it was a. It you was became a, a billionaire? It, no, it was a destination location with sunshine. It was a, a place you wanted to really go on a, on a honeymoon. Bernie Sanders, when he went on his honeymoon, he went to Moscow. Yeah. And he, he went to Moscow when it was the Soviet Union. Okay. So that kind of tells you what kind of guy Bernie Sanders really is. Yeah, it does. And there was a thing that Trump said in, uh, in uh, the rally, or he made a statement last week. He wants to build 10 new cities. Really? Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I like that. Yeah, he wants to build 10 new cities. And I thought, well, that's kind of cool. You know, but where are they going to be? What, what are they going to, you know, I, I see opportunities there. Yeah. Um, the left is going, oh, I'm like, come on, you know, come on, guys. You know, this is an opportunity for everybody. This is, the, this is the real estate developer coming out in him, I think. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Man. You know, I, I think, you know, why couldn't these cities be, now this is just me saying it, why couldn't they be model cities to where uh, they they give us everything that we need, but we don't build these big monstrous structures that are like going back to our little Afghanistan thing there, you know, where we have assets that are easy to take out. We build a more futuristic, you know, type environment and in, in, in city that uh, would be more sustainable and just safer. Can you imagine... Uh, what we would have if we took all that money that we wasted in Afghanistan and all that money we poured into the Ukraine and put it into our infrastructure. Right. Oh, we'd say, yeah, we'd have a lot of money. And can you imagine the money that we would generate if we sat there and um, America went on the build again and the growth? How about if we put a chunk of it into the cure for cancer? How about if we just go ahead and release the cure? Well, there's a lot of people who say there's something to what you just said, Bill. Um, you don't think they could be manipulating medicine, do you? Absolutely. I think that everything is manipulated. I think that we have cures for things that, you know, that we don't even know about, but there's so much money in pharmaceutical that... It's you know, actually pr- more profitable if people die from the diseases as opposed to be cured from them. Yeah, and you know, cancer is not the number one disease out there. Um, well, I think uh, what is it? Um, is it congestive heart, heart failure? Is yeah. yeah, congestive heart failure, which you can live to be a hundred with. You know, I mean, yeah. it's 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 treatable, but it doesn't cost that much to treat in terms of cancer. Well, look, at, we have done it, my friend. We could talk about that for a whole other show, and we may do that tomorrow, so tune in tomorrow too, okay, folks? Uh, that is it for our Monday edition of It's Another Day. If you want to reach us, you can contact us at 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. Mail at itsanotherday.com. We also got mail at crnamerica.com. Please do go on our social pages on uh, Facebook, uh, which is CRN America. And uh, it's another day. Uh, you can get the programs there. You can like and share, and we do encourage you to do that. Uh, drop a comment too. We like to see those. You know, we just want to hear from you. Know you're out there. Take the pulse of America. And if uh, you uh, have nothing to do this, maybe you pick up uh, your uh, your computer, your laptop, go to your social page, and uh, just uh, do a little uh, message about how great it's another day is. <laughs> Hey, I found this great new, uh, well, it's not that new now. It's actually, it's over, what is it, a year and a half? It's, yeah, well, this. that makes his old yeah. news. Hey, hey, careful God. there. But, uh, I I'm found still this, a young man. This great podcast, you got to listen to it. And, and when you listen to it, tell your friends. It's like, a, what do they call it, a pyramid uh, type thing, yeah, you know? Yeah, well, that's what we are, a pyramid yeah. scheme. Yeah, that's exactly uh, uh, right. Uh, <laughs> exactly. That'd be a potamid? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm making sure. words up now. I don't know either. Potamid is that's very good, Bill. I think you, you should copyright that one. Yeah, right. I'll, be, I'll get right on it. <laughs> hey, friends, have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Hasta mañana. See ya. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything... 
You ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>